Well, uh, today is a special day. It's a day that we have set aside to, to honor our, our mothers. And uh, uh, honoring our, our mothers and fathers in, in modern day actually goes back uh, quite a while. I mean, you, you can find evidence of celebrations of mothers and motherhood all the way back uh, to the ancient Greeks and Romans um, who would hold the festival to honor their mother. Um, and then in Europe, uh, before America was founded, uh, in Europe, uh, there was what was called Mother, uh, Mother's Sunday, and it wasn't um, to honor the, the mother, it was where people would return to their mother church where they grew up. And then through the years, that kind of got entwined with maybe recognizing their moms when they would come back. Uh, to their mother church. But in America, uh, the Mother's Day actually gets its start. Um, back in the 1800s, there was a, a woman named Ann Jarvis, and she set up this, this uh, group of women, um, and it had a name. Uh, it was a wor Mother's Workers Club. And what they would do is they would meet together, and they were teaching women how to uh, be good mothers uh, to their children, things that they needed to do to be, their, to be good mothers. And they did that all the way up till starting uh, prior to the Civil War until the Civil War ended. And then after the Civil War ended, uh, these workers groups, these mothers workers groups, actually became very um, important to our country because they helped, after the Civil War, help bring our country back together by meeting together and they would bring Confederate and Union soldiers, their sons, and they were teaching them and helping bring them to reconciliation after our Civil War. And she dedicated uh, about 40 years of her life uh, to, to this task. When she died in the late early 1900s, her daughter, Anna uh, Reeves, decided that she wanted to do something to honor her mother. And so uh, and all the moms that had done all that sacrifice and work. And, and so they had uh, the first established Mother's Day at a church uh, in Pennsylvania in 1908. Six years later, President Woodrow Wilson signed uh, and said that from henceforth, the second Sunday in May would be known as Mother's Day and the day to honor our mothers. And so as great as it is, though, as at the work that this Jarvis lady did and as great as it is that President Wilson officially established a day for us to come together uh, and, and to honor our mothers, I want you to know the God of heaven actually instructed his people to honor their mothers about 3,000 years before that. And you'll find this in the book of Exodus, chapter 20, and we're going to read it in just a few moments. But after the Exodus, after the uh, God had, through Moses, led the people of Israel out of Egypt, and they um, were not yet in the promised land, but they were in the wilderness, God called Moses up to Mount Sinai, and he gives him the Mosaic Law, and, and the beginning, the foundations of the Mosaic Law are what we know as the Ten Commandments. And these Ten Commandments are, are written in Exodus chapter 20. But what's interesting about the Ten Commandments is the first four commandments deal with man's relationship to God. Okay, you shall have no gods before me. Remember the Sabbath day. Keep it holy. Do not take the Lord's name in vain. Those all have to do with man's relationship to God. 
But the last six of the Ten Commandments deal with man's relationship to fellow man. And the very first commandment to mankind on their relationship with other people is found in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And if you have your Bibles open, I'm going to ask if you would stand with me for the reading of God's Word this morning. And we're going to read the very first commandment that God gave His people in relation to how they should treat or how they should relate to other people. And it's in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12. And this is what it says. Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. Let's pray. God, today I pray that you'd bless the reading of your word. And now as we examine just a few things this morning, I pray that I would decrease and that your spirit living in me would increase, that the words that be shared today would be yours and not mine. And Father, that these words would find the place you have for them in the hearts of your people. And that today's service would not just honor our mothers, but Father, it would honor you. Because your word tells us very specifically that we are to honor our mothers and our fathers. And so today, may you get the glory for what we do in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. So while it is good that our nation has set aside this date to, to remember um, our, and honor our mothers, um, it is even greater for us to do so because the Lord commanded us to honor our fathers and our mothers. Now, the word honor means to show respect, to be reverent, and even to hold in awe. And that is, is uh, what that means to us is that no matter what our age is, we are to treat our mothers with high esteem. We need to understand something about the commandment to honor your mother and your father. That is never-ending commandment. Now, don't get this confused. There is another commandment that deal with your parents that actually has a time limit on it. And that is obey your mother and your father. You see, there comes a point where you no longer have to obey your parents. It's called adulthood. It is. When, you, when, when, God, when a man leaves his mother and father and cleaves to his wife and they become one flesh, they are no longer under the law to be obedient to their parents. I mean, and maybe some of the worst uh, family situations I've ever seen is when a husband and wife are still being obedient to their parents who don't live in their home. And it causes problems. And, and so there's a point where I'm no longer required to be obedient to my parents. There is never a point where I'm not required to honor my parents. So I'm to honor my mother and my father for, forever, as long as they live and even after they pass on. And so this morning, what I want to do is I, I want to talk about some things and, and, and one particular way that we can honor our mothers. And, and my prayer is that this would be a, a challenge to all of us here who, who have a mother that's, that's still alive, but also be a challenge to our mothers to, to live lives worthy of this honor and, and, to, and to do some of these things that maybe we are to honor our mothers uh, for doing. And so one of the ways, and there are many, but one of the ways that we can honor our mothers is, is to be in awe of them, to show reverence to them. One of the ways we can do that is to love our mother. One of the greatest examples of loving our mom is actually found by our Lord Jesus Christ. When Jesus was hanging on the cross, he's dealing with all kinds of eternal matters. We know the sins of the world are being placed on his, 
on him while he's hanging on the cross being crucified. He's dealing with these issues. He's suffering in torment. He, he's been beaten. Now he's being hung on a cross. He's being crucified for the sins of people, even though he never had a sin in his life. Yet while he was on the cross, dealing with all those matters, he took time from the cross to make sure his mother was taken care of. As a matter of fact, before he died, he looked at his mother and he looked at John and he told John to behold his mother and he told his mother to behold his son, meaning that he was transferring sonship to John. And from that point forward, John would take Mary as his own mother to look after her, to care for her, and to, and to be there for her the way Jesus would not be able to do because he was about to die for both of them. You see, and so there's a great example of of loving our mothers, and that's one of the ways that we are to do that. And so this morning, let me share with you four ways that you and I can love our mother in a way that honors them. And, and the first way that you and I can love our mother that honors God is to love our mothers with with verbal affirmation. To love our moms with verbal affirmation. Now, you may not think, you, you, you may think you don't have to tell your mother that you love her. You may think, well, my mom knows that I love her. Or, or if you're a guy, you may think, you know, I'm just not that way. I just don't say those things. I'm not a mushy-feely guy. Well, let me, let me just tell you that that may be true. And it may be true that you don't have to tell her you love her because you show her you love her. And that's great that you show your love for your mother. But I want you to know mothers in general need that verbal affirmation. They need to hear you say with your lips, I love you. Every time you see your mother before you say goodbye, be sure to say it with your lips. Say, I love you to your mother. Why? Because you don't know when your last opportunity to say that is going to be. And that's not because your mother may pass away. It's because something may happen to you. And, and as, a, as a minister for a lot of years, I've done funerals for mothers. But I've also done funerals for children. And one of the hardest things for a mother to look back and not be able to say she remembers the last time a child said, I love you. You know what that does to a mother? makes them question whether or not they were a good mother. And, and I, I don't know about you, but I don't want something to happen to me and my mom's sitting there wondering whether or not I loved her or not. So, Mom, I love you. But I tell my mom I love her more than just from the pulpit. And you should too, no matter how manly you are, because one of these days you're not going to be able to verbally say that to your mom because either she's not going to be here or you're not going to be here. And so take the time that you have now in person and tell your mom that you love them. If your mom is still here, tell her that you love her. I don't know a lot of things, but I would say this. There's probably not very many people, if any, in this room whose mother has already passed that wouldn't love to have the opportunity one more time to tell their mom they love them. Just one more time. And they would look at you, if they were in my shoes, they would look at you right now and say, don't take that for granted because one day it will be gone. So tell your mother you love them. You honor your mom with love by verbal affirmation. The second way that you can love your mom that honors her and honors God is to love your mother 
with physical affection. To love your mom with physical affection. Ask yourself this, when was the last time you gave your mom a big hug without her having to ask for it? Or a kiss on the cheek? I mean, I want you to think for a moment what your mother did for you. Your mother is the first person who ever touched you. She wrapped you up in her womb for nine months and carried you around. And when you came out and you were born, her first priority was to hold you. And and she cuddled you and she stroked your head and she rubbed your feet and she kissed your cheek and she gave you a finger to hold on to and And she was there for you physically. Children, infants, babies need physical touch. Mothers need that physical touch as well. How do I know that? I'm not a mom. (laughs) I could say, well, from experience, but there's no experience. I don't know. Here's actually how I know that. When I was little really little. My grandpa, my dad's dad, Grandpa Leon, would load some of us kids up and take us to the nursing home to see, to see. that would have been his uncle, so dad's great uncle. So my great, great aunt and uncles that were in the nursing home. And I have to be honest with you, nursing homes have never really been my, my best. I, I struggle with that. And maybe it was because I was so little, but even when I was little, I struggled in nursing homes. I don't know if I was afraid of the older people that were there or what. I just I struggled there. But here's what I remember vividly about every one of those trips. Every time we would walk in a nursing home, the women that were there would reach out for my hand. Every single time. Women that I didn't know. I didn't know their names. I couldn't tell you their names to this day. But when I would walk by, they would reach up for my hand. Why? Because they needed and they were starved for that simple, innocent brand of physical touch. And you and I don't need to rob our mom from that. Now, there is overboard. I mean, when I was little, I might grasp a hold of my mom's leg and let her tug me around the room. Now, if I do that today, she's probably not going anywhere, okay? (laughs) So, but I'm not talking about that, but I'm talking about when, when, you're, when you're a boy, when you're a kid, you come up and give your mom the biggest bear hug, you just grab her and wrap her up and you hug her neck, and, and then we, we, we grow and we get old and we're like, oh, I'm, just, I'm too old for that. No, you're really not. Give your mom a hug. Give her a hug. Let her know that you love her physically. Give her some physical affection. I mean, your mom did a lot for you. Your your mom, uh, when she was little, she would accept your sloppy wet kisses and even say thank you for it. She changed your diapers. She potty trained you. She held a Kleenex for you to blow your nose in. She wiped food off your face for years after she should have had to. She's done a lot for you. And we should not rob our mothers of that physical touch. And we should honor them with that. I saw something earlier this week. It said, if you don't know what to give your mom for Mother's Day, just sit next to her in church. It'd mean more to her than the world. Like I said, I'm not a mom, but I think that's true based off the head nods I've just seen from the mothers in this room. Physical 
affection. Number three, we love our moms in a way that honors God and honors them not only by giving them verbal affirmation and physical affection, but the third way that we love her and gives her honor and also honors God is to love her with patient acknowledgement. With patient acknowledgement. I want you to know mothers have an incredible job with no pay. I mean, there's no position in the business world, I, I believe, that compares to the physical, emotional, spiritual commitment that a mother has. And, and I read this um, little poem, and I want to read it to you. It's called No Occupation. It says she rises, it's talking about a mother. She says she rises up at the break of day, and, th- and though, or sorry, through her task, she races. She cooks the meals as best she may and scrubs her children's faces. While school books, lunches, homework too, all need consideration, and yet the census man insists she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes are all done, she bakes a pudding, maybe. She cleans the room up one by one with one eye watching baby. The mending pile she has attacks by way of variation, and yet the census man insists she has no occupation. She irons for a little while, then presses pants for daddy, she welcomes with a, cheer, uh, a cheery smile, returning lass and laddie. A hearty dinner, next she cooks, no time for relaxation, and yet the census man insists she has no occupation. Now, don't ever make the mistake of asking a woman, do you work or stay home? I think maybe the, the only question more dangerous than that is asking a woman when she's due if you're not sure she's pregnant. Okay, <laughs> Don't want to do that. There was a show years ago, um, and uh, it was called Family Matters, and this stay-at-home mom decided um, that she was being, her, one of her kids said something about her not working or whatever, so she made a, a set out and started making a list of everything she did and what she should be paid for, and then she submitted it to her husband in, in a bill, and he went, what is this? And she said, this is what you owe me for all the years of cooking and cleaning and laundry and taking care of the children and babysitting and all this other stuff. Listen, I want you to know moms have a very tough task. And in today's society, many of our mothers work on top of the full-time job of being a mother. And the point of all that is to say, in spite of all she does for us, often we become impatient with our mother. And we don't we, we get so used to her taking care of things that we come to expect it, and then we get outraged when they do something we don't like or they don't do something we think they should have done. If you're a child in this room, you need to pay attention to what I'm saying. Your mom does so much for you and that you would have the, the gall to gripe that some clothes are still dirty or that she's out of your favorite cookie or favorite food. I want you to know, youth and kids that are here, it is unfair for you. It is unfair for you to be more kind, considerate, and patient with your friend's mother than you are with your own mother. Because the truth be told, if you treated your friends like you treated your mom in many ways, you wouldn't have any friends. And if you treated your friend's mom the way you treat your mom, their mom wouldn't let you have anything to do, their kids have anything to do with you. If so many of our mothers 
It's amazing to me because many times it turns out that later in life they become great friends with their children, and that's great. But I have seen, I did 10 years of youth ministry, and it used to drive me crazy to watch my students mistreat their mother. We need to love our mothers patiently. They have a huge job they do. And we need to be patient with them because here's the thing. Mothers aren't perfect. Don't expect perfection from your mom or you'll always be let down. Honor them with patient acknowledgement. And if you're here today and you're not, you're, you're not living at home with your mom, if, and your mom's still alive, though, you need to be patient with your mom. Because as we get older, we begin to slip a little bit. Our minds, we forget things. It happens. And, and, and we, we don't know sometimes, I say we, uh, they don't know sometimes if they remembered to take their medication or not. They don't remember if they've called you three times that day. Sometimes they don't remember that you have an important meeting that you're sitting in. It's okay. Love your mother with patient acknowledgement. Be patient with them. I'm thankful my mom was patient for, with me growing up. Now, I, by all accounts, I've been told by a lot of people that I was a good kid growing up. And I think I was. I wouldn't be quiet. But I'm, I'm telling you right now that I wasn't a perfect kid by any stretch of the imagination. And I'm thankful my mom was patient with me. And my prayer is that as she grows older, I'll be patient with her. And we need to be patient in our love for our mother. Love her patiently. And then the last one, the last way we honor God and, and honor our mothers with love is we need to love her with focused attention. We need to love our mom with focused attention. Moms are the ones that we tend to pour out our heart to, and she's the one that's sympathetic. When, when I was younger, uh, in college in particular, when I would call home and dad would answer the phone, first thing, we, I guess my sister and I both did it, first thing we'd say was, where's mom? <laughs> like a first, He'd answer the phone, where's mom? Um, she's in there. Can you get her for me? I need to talk to her. He got to the point where we'd call, and he'd go, hold on, I'll get your mom. <laughs> and he'd just <laughs> hand off the phone because he knew we were calling to talk to mom. And there's a reason for that. Because when we were kids, it's not that I, didn't, I have a great dad, but when we were kids, mom's the one you talked to. Dad was working, and, and he did other things. And if we need to talk, sometimes we talk because she made us talk to her. But, but we still, we talk to our moms. And so as we got older, when we had a problem, who'd we call? Mom, when I was a kid growing up in school and I had something for a school project or, or I had this I had to do or I had to be here for this, who, who was it that we called when I needed to make sure I got picked up from school? Who did we call when I got forgotten and had to walk to Grandma's house and call? Who did I call? And I called my mom. Why? Because that's who fixed our issues. And then when we get older, that's who we call. We call our moms when we need something. But yet, as we get older and we stop feeling the need or they stop becoming the one that, that fixes all of our issues because we've become adults and we've had to learn to fix our own issues, one of the things that tends to happen is 
we stop paying our moms very much attention. And so we need to be focused in our attention. We need to give them some attention. It's no wonder, again, that we like to talk to our mom. She was the rock. But we must realize in our older days, when people age, they go through things that when we're younger, we don't understand. I have no comprehension of what it's like to be a senior adult and the fears that come with that. Whether or not it be something like death, a sickness, an illness, whether or not your, your kids are going to be taken care of or uh, w- whether or not your grandkids are being um, uh, taken care of. I, I don't know because I'm not in those spots, but I've done 20 years of ministry in a church and I've talked to a lot of senior adults that have fears that I don't have. They've shared with me fears and struggles that they that they that they have that I don't have and we need to be that rock for our mom the way they were the rock for us when we were little and and that honors God when we do that I I want you to know um, when you look back at, at the Old Testament taking care of a mother and a father was to not let me rephrase that To not take care of one's mother and father was highly looked down upon. And sometimes we treat our parents when they get older as an inconvenience. We've had some great older people in our church that have passed away since I've been here. We've had some who had great children who took care of their mother. And I mean, took care of them, was there for them, made sure that they were surrounded by them, was there, loved on them. Great testimony in that. We've had a few more that was heartbreaking for me as their pastor to go visit them. The doctor's call kids and say, hey, you, you know, you, you need to go see your mom. And I'd go up and see them. Hey, your kids been to see you? No, they're, they're busy. They're... It was heartbreaking for me. Heartbreaking to see someone in that age have very little attention given to them. I pray that no one in this room would be that way to their mother or their father. You say, well, you don't know my mom. I don't have to know your mom. I know God. And God commanded me to honor my mother and my father. I don't have to know her. I don't have to know what she did to you, didn't do for you. I don't have to know that. What I do know is God says, honor your mother and your father. And one of the ways we do that is focusing some attention to them as they age. I want you to know, I saw this once before for for dads. And it's true for a dad, but it's also true for our older parents. And that is, love is not only spelled L-O-V-E, it is also spelled T-I-M-E. Giving our time. And when our parents age, we need to give them a little of our time. Because that's what they want. So in Exodus chapter 20, verse 12, 
God says to honor your father and your mother, that in so doing that your days may be long in the land in which the Lord is giving you. This is a binding command as long as your mother is alive. So how do we honor them? Well, there are a lot of ways, but one way we honor our mother is to love our mother. And we are to love our mother with verbal affirmation. We need to love our mother with physical affection, with patient acknowledgement, and with focused attention. And when we do that, we honor the Lord because we are being obedient to him. 